That's Cutlass's version of King of My Heart. It's Victory 91.5. Good morning. It's Risenstein's special day. Ray in teaching on Passover. You can get all of his teachings at the Risenstein Facebook page, the Victory Facebook page, or VictoryOnDemand.net where you can get your Victory on Demand podcast every day. So it'll all be posted. Well, the, the, the blog is posted as we go along this morning. Mm-hmm. So if you click the link right now on the Risenstein Facebook page, you will see that the first two powerful segments from Ray are already there. Part three. Part three. It's funny how things are emerging so well with the music we're listening to, but the king of my heart. That's kind of the focus of today. Who is the king of your heart? And you may really want Jesus to be more and more the king of your heart, but you got bondages and stuff that are, that are holding you back. And uh, I really do believe that God gave us this really cool thing called Passover every year so we can come back and, and again go through this and walk back through our history with him and cry out to him and let him answer us and deliver us again and again and Mm -hmm. again. And uh, I mentioned, you know, things in our life can be so uncertain and odd sometimes, but back in the, back in the day, I mentioned that, that Pharaoh that had come to power when Joseph first came to town wasn't an Egyptian. He was Hyksos, probably. Now, people argue about this. They argue when the time they were there, how long they were there, when they came out, who were the kings and who were the pharaohs and all that. Mm-hmm. And so this is one perspective. There's hundreds of perspectives to this, but I believe this is the right one. So, uh, and I mentioned that they were... Semites, so they were uh, descendants of Shem. They spoke the same language, Joseph and this people that were in control of the Nile Delta for about 150 years or so. But here's the problem. Sometimes you're in a situation just feeling everything's going along really good and, and suddenly everything, not just a little everything falls to pieces and you're Mm. thinking was it me what went wrong in this scenario here but when the egyptians came back into power they would have seen joseph's descendants the israelites as the same as the hyksos that they just defeated they were from the same area they they when they drove them out uh they drove them into canaan so they would have hated the israelites and it makes a whole lot of sense why they would have made them slaves and since they had been invaded by these semitic people they were wary that the israelite population was increasing and could help the canaanites return to power you know when you read the story without kind of knowing what was actually going on in history at the time Sometimes you you wonder, what in the world? Mm -hmm. So they made them slaves in the sense that they were forced labor. So it it was... It was a very normal thing in the world at that time, and in some places in the world it still is very normal that way. But when we arrive at the story of Moses, Pharaoh is now killing the Israelite baby boys by throwing them in the river, hoping to shrink the size of the population. And you understand this is very different people, very different Pharaohs than when they entered into Egypt. So... When God arrives on the scene, he's ready to deliver his children, and he's ready to punish their taskmasters Mm. and reveal himself to the Egyptians and to his children because they had been in in Egypt, the Israelites had, for four generations. So at this point, the gods of Egypt were probably a little more real to them than the true living God. So these plagues weren't just against the Egyptians. They were to reveal the living God to the Egyptians and to the Israelites. And I'm going to share a little, a little later on what a, one of the amazing discoveries they, they made recently in the Valley of the, of the Kings in Egypt, uh, just how God revealed himself. 
But bottom line for what we're talking about today, it's not about what happened 3,500 years ago. It's about the idols in your heart and in my heart and what God has to do to push them over so he can reveal himself so that he can ascend the throne of our heart. He has to get us out of Egypt and he has to get Egypt out of us. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that, that's the harder battle right, right there. Sure. So he's passing over to protect us. Death is passing over. Maybe not tomorrow or next week or next year, but death is coming. And there must be blood on our door. See, Jesus' head, his hands, mm-hmm. and his feet were that door. So when we're talking about Passover, we're also going into the future. Jesus, that last supper, that was the Passover meal. This this coming over Egypt and the killing of the firstborn, Jesus was the firstborn. He was that one to die for us. So we're looking at this story so that we can know Jesus even better. So Jesus is our door, just like they took and uh, they put blood on the top and the sides and they poured, the, the blood would have poured out in the, the little ditch in the bottom of the door. Mm-hmm. He is that door of blood for us. And when you look at that cross, you know, you can't even look at Jesus without seeing that door of blood. And when we arrive in heaven, you know, he's still going to bear those scars because he is the door of blood that enables us to live. Mm -hmm. He's the lamb that was slain to take away the sins of the world. And we're going to go in with a lot of our scars, too. So what I want you to think about is look at your life and who are your pharaohs. There was usually not, sometimes in, throughout history, there was more f- than one pharaoh at a time. They had co-regents and stuff like that. So there may be more than one in your life and you may have defeated some and now there's a new one in town. So um, we're for the Egyptian side of things, when they came to power, there was two brothers, Kamos and Amos, and they drove the Hyksos out of Egypt mm-hmm. about 35 years after Joseph died. So Everything was good, everything was fine, and suddenly, it ain't fine anymore. <laughs> and about 25 years later, the their son of Amos, Amenhotep, would come to power. He was uh, obviously not a very nice guy. He is the one who killed the Israelites' babies at the time of the birth. They worshipped crocodiles in Egypt, and so this was a part of their, you know, there was a, something made sense to make offerings to these crocodiles. Now... The daughter of Pharaoh, who raised Moses, was probably Hatshepsut when she was 15. She was the daughter of the I. She married her half-brother, the II. He was old, soon died. And on his death, the III, they weren't very creative back then, took his place. But he was still too young to rule, so Hatshepsut was co-regent. And when she died, he became one of the greatest pharaohs of all time. He considered the great conqueror in Egyptian history. So telling you a little bit of history so you understand that in this time, so the Israel had come, they were welcome, they were great, and all was mm-hmm. going. And they, when Egypt, Egypt came back to power, you know, by the time of before Moses was coming on, they were already ruling up through Canaan. It was a, they were a mega powerhouse right. at that time. So... Tutmos III, this great conqueror, he was the first Egyptian king to actually use the name of Pharaoh, even though we call them all pharaohs. And uh, so he was, we remember when we went up to uh, Megiddo, mm-hmm. he was up that far conquering at that time. And Amenhotep II comes to power. He only rules for about four years. And he was young, and so he really wouldn't have known Moses. So a lot of the stories we've been told are probably not quite as accurate. But what's interesting is Right after he kind of had a co-regency begin because he was young, uh, Amenhotep, now this is history, Amenhotep, his son, uh, died mysteriously. Now that would have been the plague. 
history also records Pharaoh Tutmosis III died in the same year, probably in the Red Sea. But they actually covered up the death by naming the next pharaoh the same thing, Memphitep II. <laughs> and so he was in power for a long time. And they only discovered this because scribes made mistakes. So they were able to track down the cover-up. And so you, it's hard to go back in Egyptian history sometimes and track it down. But recently, they've been gathering together so many archaeologists and historians together, bringing all their stories together. And there's some fascinating stuff out there right now. So your pharaoh and <laughs> my pharaoh may be hard to spot. Who's really in control of our thoughts? Who's, you know, covering up stories so, you know, you won't even find out who's in control. Mm -hmm. But think about your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. So you can spot Pharaoh because even when they start out good, eventually you're a slave to the thing you loved. Mm -hmm. God doesn't expect you to deliver yourself or win by self-control. God is our deliverer. Jesus, Amen. I that <laughs> mightily. Amen. Jesus endured the cross and its shame to set us free. And we're raised to life again with him. The Passover story is really how to, um, it's kind of like a how-to book on freedom. So when we come to this every year, uh, God's trying to bring us to the place of freedom. That was the, that was the part that got me. Mm -hmm. How many times have we tried to do it on our own strength? Yeah. All right. Ray is teaching on Passover today. It's awesome. It's posted at the Reisenstein Facebook page, the Victory Facebook page, and will be available also, of course, on Victory On Demand. Just go to victoryondemand.net. Next Monday starts Victory Partner Days. Think about this when you're listening today. Where are you going to get this? Mm -hmm. So what is the value of this ministry in your life as you're praying with your family about how to partner financially with Victory 91.5?